Okay, uh, young people and children, I've got uh, a little challenge for you this morning. Um, you're going to need your phone to do this, or if you haven't got one, maybe your dad or your mum might be able to lend you their phone. As I speak, there is going to be uh, words that come up on the screen, okay? And you need to take a photo of each word, and then at the end, when it finishes, there will be some instructions for you of what you've got to do to decipher what it says. Okay, so you're going to need your phone, you're going to need your camera ready. You're going to need to be quick because you don't know when it's going to stay on, when it's going to go off. Adults, if you want to do this, you're very welcome as well. Um, so just take a photo. It'll obviously go into your pictures folder. Then get ready, take the next one. And then at the end, there'll be some instructions to tell you what to do. And hopefully, it will bring together the conclusion of what we're looking at today. So Joseph... I uh, remember this story from my father playing his record player, that's how old it was kids, really loudly in the morning with uh, Joseph in his Technicolor dream coat, those hairy bunch of Ishmaelites and all those uh, great lines. And uh, from that very moment, um, I've been fascinated with the story of Joseph. And as we read it, we're just drawn into it, aren't we? We're just caught up in what's happening to this young man. Uh, we're in the th- one minute we're in the throne room of Pharaoh. The next minute we're in a dungeon. We're um, seeing dreams, these amazing dreams, and then these dreams being fulfilled. We, f- we bleed for Joseph as he desperately pleads for, for help from someone he sees as a glimmer of hope in the cupbearer, only for that hope to be dashed as the cupbearer forgets him. But then as the encouragement we feel as what Joseph says about the dreams comes true. And no doubt he heard that back in the dungeon. And we see constantly Joseph giving glory to God all the way along, always turning the focus back to his Lord. And it's good to be drawn into the story, get caught up in all that's happening. But the problem is, if we get too drawn into it, we might miss the big picture of what this is all about. Who this story of Joseph is all about and what the most important lesson for us is from this story. And so what we need to do first today is take a really big step backwards from the detail of the story to get a bigger picture of what's going on. And wonderfully, the Bible helps us do that in Psalm 105. If you'd like to turn there, it should be page 607. I think our Bibles uh, roughly match up. Page 607, Psalm 105. And listen for how the story of Joseph fits in to this. Give thanks to the Lord. Call on his name. Make known among the nations what he has done. Sing to him. Sing praise to him. Tell of all his wonderful acts. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Look to the Lord in His strength. Seek His face always. Remember the wonders He has done, His miracles and the judgments He pronounced. O descendants of Abraham, His servant. O sons of Jacob, His chosen ones. He is the Lord our God. His judgments are in all the earth. He remembers His covenant forever. The word He commanded for a thousand generations. The covenant He made with Abraham. The oath He swore to Isaac. He confirmed it to Jacob as a decree, to Israel as an everlasting covenant, 
To you I will give the land of Canaan as the portion you will inherit. When they were but few in number, few indeed and strangers in it, they wandered from nation to nation, from one kingdom to another. He allowed no one to oppress them. For their sake he rebuked kings. Do not touch my anointed ones. Do my prophets no harm. He called down famine on the land and destroyed all their supplies of food. And he sent a man before them, Joseph, sold as a slave. They bruised his feet with shackles. His neck was put in irons. Anyone who thinks Joseph's incarceration was a cushy one, it wasn't, certainly not at the beginning. Till what he foretold came to pass, till the word of the Lord proved him true. The king sent and released him. The ruler of people set him free. He made him master of his household, ruler over all he possessed, to instruct his princes as he pleased and teach his elders wisdom. Then Israel entered Egypt. Jacob lived as an alien in the land of Ham. The Lord made his people very fruitful. He made them too numerous for their foes. When hearts he turned to hate his people, whose hearts he turned to hate his people to conspire against his servants. He sent Moses, his servant, and Aaron, whom he had chosen. They performed his miraculous signs among them, his wonders in the land of Ham. He sent darkness and made the land dark, for they had not rebelled against his words. He turned their waters into blood, causing their fish to die. Their land teemed with frogs, which went up into the bedrooms of their rulers. He spoke and there came swarms of flies and gnats throughout their country. He turned the rain into hail with lightning throughout their land. He struck down their vines and fig trees, shattered the trees of their country. He spoke and the locusts came, grasshoppers without number. They ate up everything green in their land, ate up the produce of the soil. Then he struck down all the firstborn in the land, the firstfruits of all their manhood. He brought out Israel laden with silver and gold. And from among their tribes, no one faltered. Egypt was glad when they left because dread of Israel had fallen on them. He spread out a cloud as a covering and a fire to give them light at night. They asked and he brought them quail and satisfied them with bread of heaven. He opened the rock and water gushed out like a river it flowed in the desert. For he remembered his holy promise given to his servant Abraham. He brought out his people rejoicing, his chosen ones with shouts of joy. He gave them the lands of the nations and they fell heir to what others had toiled for, that they might keep his precepts and observe his laws. Praise the Lord. It's only in the context of this amazing story of what God does for the people of Israel that we can truly understand what's actually happening to Joseph and who it's all about. It's not about Joseph. It's about God. And the most important lesson is that God keeps His promises. A bit of musical accompaniment is always good. <laughs> Don't worry, I asked you to get your phone out, so it's my fault. <laughs> it's all about God moving heaven and earth to keep His promises to His people. That's what Joseph's about. The promise in Genesis 12, verses 2 and 3. Might as well... Read it. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, will I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. That's what this story is about. 
It's about God moving heaven and earth to bring about fulfillment of his promises. And so I want us to do a little close-up and a little step-back journey together, okay? So, close-up, Genesis 40, verse 14 and 15. This story is about jealous brothers and a forgotten prisoner who is innocent and has been thrown into jail and doesn't know what's going on. Step back, Genesis 45, verses 4 to 7. As Joseph admits himself, it's not about that at all. This was about God saving many people from a severe famine that hit the land. And he's able to say that to his brothers. You didn't send me here, God did. So step back again. It's not actually about just about God saving a small group of people and, and many others from a famine. It's bigger than that. Because God sent the famine. Uh, if you read in Psalm 105 verse 16, which you just read, God's the one who sent the famine. So there's something bigger going on. And it's this. God sent the famine to take Jacob and his family to Israel, 75 in all at the time, turn them into a mighty nation, bring them out of Egypt with all the wealth of Egypt, and take them into the promised land for them to conquer and claim the promise he's given uh, verses that come there we don't have time to look at them but Deuteronomy 10 uh, Acts 7 verse 17 um, Stephen in his speech as he was about to be stoned speaks of these things they were few in number God made them into a, a mighty nation so our close up at this point is God making them into a nice, mighty nation bringing them out of Egypt um, take them into the promised land the promised land they conquer the promises fulfilled But it doesn't stop there. Then we read in Galatians 3, uh, if you'd like to turn there, verse 8 to 14, an even bigger picture. Just quickly turn there. So that's page 1169. If we look at verse 8, the scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith and announced the gospel in advance to Abraham. And here's the promise we read. All nations will be blessed through you. So those who have faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. Verse 14. He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus. So that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit. So we step back again from the conquering of the promised land, the fulfilling of that promise to another fulfilling of an even greater promise that God would send the Messiah and he would come and he would die for all people and all nations. And Joseph, this little story of him in prison today is part of that. It's part of that great big plan of God. And so it's important that we step back in order to see it. If we take anything away from today, surely it's this. God keeps his promises to his people. God keeps his promises to his people. And his covenant promises, which we've talked a little bit about, uh, are full of many other promises as you read through the New Testament and the Old Testament. And God keeps his promises to his people. The thing is that Joseph didn't have um, Exodus 105. He didn't have Deuteronomy. He didn't have the New Testament. And here he is in the darkness of a dungeon. So we need to step back in now back into the reality of daily life and see how does Joseph cope in this situation and what Joseph has to do 
He can't, if you like, take a physical step back and look at the Scripture, look as we can from the future back and see what God was doing. He has to do it by faith. He has to take a big faith step back. Joseph could not see the whole story unfolding as we can. He had to take a big faith, faith step back. But there are encouragements for Joseph in the darkness. If he looks in faith, there are encouragements for Joseph in the darkness. That point to the fact that God is with him. God has not left him, even though it feels like it. So here we find Joseph now, and he's no longer in the shackles and irons that Psalm 105 talks about. Actually, he's now in charge of the prison. And it says because God was favorable towards him and made the warden of the prison favorable towards him, and he became in charge of the whole prison. So a little encouragement in the darkness that God is with him. And then God sends someone into the prison, and it happens to be the person who has Pharaoh's ear more than anyone else, his cupbearer, the one who gives Pharaoh his cup to drink, the one who has the ear of Pharaoh. That's who God sends into the prison. And the writer, Genesis 40, I don't know if you read the beginning of Genesis 40, just as I talk, you could have a quick look back in there. See the extremes he goes to make it clear throughout this chapter that God's doing stuff, that God's responsible for these things. God sends the cupbearer back. Verse 3, and uh, Pharaoh was angry with his officials and the chief cupbearer and the chief baker and put them in custody in the house of the captain of the guard. Now, he could stop there, but he says, in the same prison where Joseph was confined. The writer wants us to get the point. This is no accident. The cupbearer has been put there. The man who has Pharaoh's ear is now in the same prison as Joseph. And they're given dreams. And Joseph knows a bit about dreams. And he interprets their dreams. And what happens to the interpretations? They come true. Another small encouragement in the darkness for Joseph. I always wonder why there were two dreams. It would, it would be nice if they just left it at the cupbearer, really, wouldn't it? Rather than the sort of uh, impaling of the baker. We could sort of do without that bit. But actually, both are part of the story. And I'm sure there's lots of reasons, but maybe you could guess one dream, and it could be a bit of a fluke. But to interpret two dreams, two very different results, and both of them be exactly right, surely a great encouragement to Joseph that he was hearing right from God. He was hearing what God was saying. So 13 years is the length of the whole terrible time from the sale to the Ishmaelites at 17 to the second in command of Egypt at 30. 13 years of darkness. And there's a really significant thing about the story of Joseph that I think is a great encouragement to us. I don't know if you remember Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Yeah, quite important guys in the Old Testament. God speaks and appears directly to each of them. Do we see that in the story of Joseph? No, from that point of view, God seems very silent in the story of Joseph. He doesn't get that sort of experience of God as Jacob did, as his father did. In that sense, but is he really? Is God really silent? Joseph must take a step back in faith every day to see that God is at work. And that's what we have to do. Not many of us are going to get the sort of experiences of God that Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob got. 
But we are able to stay back in faith and see God at work in the darkness and the silence. Now, Joseph had scripture, not in the sense that it was written down, but remember Abraham was his great-granddad, Isaac was his granddad, Jacob was his dad. And they had told him all of what happened, what God did, how they, God appeared, how he promised, all the things he, amazing things he did in their lives. He knew that. He knew that that was the God he worshipped. So Joseph could hold on to Scripture in that sense. And also, he could see the evidence of God's work in his life if he looked closely enough. One of the things that's great to do is compare verse 15 of chapter 40, which says, For I was forcibly, this is Joseph speaking, For I was forcibly carried off from the land of the Hebrews, and even here I have done nothing to deserve being put in a dungeon. That's Joseph's perspective at that moment in the story. But if we flip over to chapter 45, as I said earlier, verses 7 to 8, now he understands, but God sent me ahead of you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So then it was not you who sent me here, but God. He made me father to Pharaoh, lord of his entire household, and ruler of all Egypt. Eventually, Joseph comes to see God's plan. Not all of it. He doesn't see all of it. He doesn't see what we read through in Psalm 105, this great working out of the promises, but he sees it in in the eyes of faith, if you like. He sees it from that point of view. So those are just some of the things that stood out to me as I thought about Joseph in chapter 40. Um, And um, I've got a couple of conclusions. I hope that as you've listened, that God might have been speaking into your own heart and you might have some of your own. But here's some that helped me. A big faith step back helps us as Christians. You know, this this account, chapter 40, is about a very dark time in Joseph's life, isn't it? It felt like he had been forgotten by everyone. God even seemed silent to him. And we all have times like that. I've had times like that. Sometimes they're short times. Sometimes they're long. And in those times, whenever we need to take a big faith step back. And with the help of Scripture, accounts like this one of Joseph gain a new perspective that God is not silent. He is at work moving heaven and earth to bring about the fulfillment of of his promises to his people. And if we look closely through the eyes of faith, the evidence in the outworking of our lives is there. There is encouragement in the darkness. We can see God's hand at work. I read something this week that that I thought was very profound and very helpful in this moment. And that was that God is silent through the story of Joseph, as I said. It is the paradox when God is often most involved is the time when maybe he appears most remote. In the greatest moment where God himself appears to be the most absent at the cross and Jesus cries out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? At that great moment where God seemed absent, Christ wins the decisive victory for all mankind, for all who will believe in him. At that moment in all history where God seems most distant, he wins the greatest victory of all, Jesus Christ on the cross dying for our sins. Who knows what bigger plans God is working out in and through our lives. Eventually, we will come to see God's purposes in them. Um, 
Not the full extent, probably, but we will get to see some. And the really important point is, and I think Joseph really stands for this, it's not all about us. You know, we get very focused on what God is doing with James Bradford. But actually, the story is not about James Bradford. It's about God's great plan for all humanity. And I'm just one tiny little speck who's here like a vapor in the wind. And yet God works in my life. It's not all about us. Joseph, it wasn't about Joseph. He was using Joseph to achieve something much greater than Joseph could have ever imagined. You know, you guys have had a little bit of a period of discouragement in, as a church with the Abbey Project. It didn't come to be maybe what the church had hoped. But who knows what God was doing? Who knows what God was working at? what he was teaching you as a community, how he was showing you, how he was strengthening your faith, how he was preparing you for something you probably can't even see yet. Maybe that was a little period of darkness for Abbey Church. But who knows what plan God has in his greatest story for you. So don't be discouraged. Take a step back in the eyes of faith. Say, yeah, God is working. We can see the hand of his evidence all through that journey. And who knows what God will achieve through it. Okay, did anyone manage to snap all of the pictures? Any young people manage to snap anyone? No, not going to let the... Oh, good man. Um, have you managed to follow the instructions on the last slide? Yeah, do you feel like um, reading it out to us? Flicking through and reading it out? That's brilliant. Well done, buddy. He remembers his covenant forever. The promise he made for a thousand generations. Psalm 105, verse 8. Now you've got a memory verse in your phone, young man. And you can learn it. Thank you very much.